Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Well, it's been all over the news in the last week. Facebook wants to establish a currency. Is this just another step in their quest for world power? Or has the press got the wrong handle on this? Is it actually a good thing for the planet and particularly for underdeveloped countries rather than just another way for Facebook to coerce us into releasing even more information about ourselves? What does Steve Keen think? That's today on the Debunking Economics podcast. So Facebook recently announced they were going to launch a global digital currency by the first half of 2020. It's going to be called Libra, and uh, like the tampons, and it's going to be run by a company. I like the star sign too. (laughs) Or the star sign. It's going to be run by a company in Geneva uh, with partners including MasterCard, Visa, Uber, and Vodafone. You can find out more about it, including white paper uh, on how it's all going to work at Libra.org. So Steve, I mean, I mean, on the one side, it sounds like a grab for. I mean, Facebook's got 2.4 billion users. Imagine if they controlled a currency as well. Just imagine how much power that would give them. Mm -hmm. But if you read the Libra website, their focus at least for now, is to provide access to finance and banking for the 1.7 billion adults, they say, who have no access to to a bank, and 1 billion of them do have access to a phone. Not necessarily a smartphone, but Mm. they have access to a phone of some sort. So, I mean, on that basis, and given that Facebook is just one of many partners, uh, maybe this makes it a a noble venture rather than something we should be concerned about. Yeah, it's an intriguing one because there's um, so many elements where you can see the initial reaction is, ugh! You know, like Facebook. Oh. Yeah, which is the angle the press has taken without, you yeah. know, making the point that I've just done, which is the, you know, their, their core reason for being. Well, I mean, this, the the um, the idea that the, the Libra Foundation or the um, uh, that the, they're part of that, you know, you, you don't want Facebook in control of the data. So what do they do? They've got a thing called Libra currently with 28 members intention to start with 100 when it launches. Each has got to put in 10 million of their own cash to, to establish it. Uh, so it's a bit like in that sense. It is like a bit like forming a bank or raising initial equity capital. Uh, mm. and, and they've only got one vote. And, you know, of course, they might have a lot of influence, but some of the other people voting include PayPal, Visa, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, you're not talking uh, a, a giant amongst minnows. You're talking a giant amongst giants. So yeah. the, um, the the possibility of Facebook dominating Libra in the way people are talking about Facebook bringing out this currency, they've, they've addressed that. And this is what I, I find quite um, – it, it's, it's taken me back a bit because, you know um, – it, Well, it for now. Pardon? It has <laughs> for now. Have That's for what happens. Yeah. But it's 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 addressed most most of the things you'd worry about um, that yeah. with the cryptocurrencies or Facebook being involved um, have been addressed here, and that's what's remarkable that they really have sat down and thought, okay, what are going to people what are people going to object to? How can mm. we address that? And, and the way they've addressed it is not just um, you know um, paper mache. It's it's a serious addressing of it by in the case of the Libra Foundation, them having only one vote. Um, 
and and like in the terms of in terms of cryptocurrencies, the other extreme. One of my gripes about cryptocurrencies, as you know, is that the, the most popular one, Bitcoin, allows something of the order of seven transactions a second across the globe, which you know it wouldn't even cover the shopping centre no. that I live near. Yeah. Uh, whereas the exactly. the Libra is uh, a thousand a second. Yeah, and and hugely energy intensive is the other problem, of course, isn't it? As yeah. well with uh, uh, with a lot of blockchain. But I mean, the, the the idea is, I mean, we spend a lot of time on 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 this podcast, um, you know, talking about the the ills of the finance sector. Mm. This is a system to try and get more people involved in the finance sector, <laughs> of course. But maybe, but maybe it's a good thing because I guess the choice is, and they make this point, you know, that uh, uh, those people with less access to banking services, and obviously there's a hell of a lot of them, they end up paying more. I mean, if you don't get the services that we get, for example, then what do you do? You go to a loan shark uh, mm. and they charge you an arm and possibly a leg literally, and you don't get the documentation to get access to better deals later in life. So, I mean, it, it sort of closes that loophole. Sort of. I mean, this is not really, this is not a loan. So far as I've seen thus far, it's not a lending platform. It's a transactions platform. And mm. and that, uh, in that sense, I think what it actually, in terms of existing infrastructure that it's comparable to, it's a bit like the transfer wire service, that, you know, I use for my international payments because banks charge, a, you know, I think the banks charge an arm and a leg for transactions. The foreign exchange people charge, charge an arm and a leg for converting a notes from one uh, currency to another. Uh, and and I think what's actually going on is they've, they've seen that particular market and thought there's a hell of an opportunity there uh, because people know they're paying an amount they resent each time they do international transactions. Uh, and it's as well as the people who currently can't do them because they don't have access to a banking account at all. But yeah. uh, So I think they've seen a market opportunity, a bit like TransferWise itself, Saul. Uh, like I, I think I'm saving you know several, several percent on every transaction that I do through TransferWise, and they will this this Libra thing will have a larger infrastructure and be a, a genuine uh, rather than where TransferWise has a number of bank accounts around the world, and when you make a transfer, effectively they're shuffling between. Um, they'll, they'll net out the transactions. So if there's, if I'm trying to transfer money from the UK and buy something with the money that came from the UK uh, in somewhere in Europe, then they're shuffling their European and uh, UK bank accounts, and they'll net out somebody else going the opposite direction, and therefore that right. reduces my costs. But um, at with their own currency, though, with their own, you know, I mean, it's a, it's going to be a floating currency. It's going to have a reserve of assets. They, you know, they make a big point that this is going to be very stable assets, like, mm. for example, presumably US Treasuries and the like, to try yeah. and uh, ensure that it's a stable currency. But look. Imagine, and they're going to use blockchain, still going to use blockchain as the technology before. But imagine um, the examples, you know, they're saying this is getting to people who don't currently have a bank account. So let's take Turkmenistan as an example, because 1.8% of the population of Turkmenistan currently have a bank account. 1.8%. So, 1.8 percent yeah you so do some good research mate so the uh and you can get this from uh yeah on business insider there's a there's a piece there i think it comes from the uh, the world bank actually yeah but if you've got 1.8 percent of the population not having a bank account say that suddenly moved to the point where 90 percent of them are now using libra what happens to the local currency the as you know steve is the turkmenistani manat Yep, indeed, uh, indeed, I do. Yeah. Uh, what did what happens to the manat if everyone's using the leap? Well, actually, what happens is it just just transferred into a different bank account because what they're doing is is, is they're, they're whether the Libra would keep their money in in 
What's the currency called again? I just, Manat. It just escaped my mind. Knew. Okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> um, they, they would then. What they're going to be doing is buying. Once people transfer their money, uh, Manaps into uh, buying Libras, there'll be a Manap Libra exchange rate that gets how many Libras they buy for their Manaps. You have any idea of that one? Well, who knows what it's going to be? It's going to be, (laughs) yeah, yeah, I mean, it's going to change all the time. But, I mean, that's the point, isn't it? If the Manat is, what what control does it give the central bank if everybody, no one's using the Manat and everyone's using the Libra and that becomes the dominant currency in the country? Well, it's uh, it's, it's a question of how much gets converted. If if, if I imagine, trying to imagine how this would actually be done because you'd have an electronic currency uh, that people would be transferring out of their bank accounts. But what you're saying is 98% of the population doesn't have a bank account. So if they're yeah. going to buy Libras, they've got to convert Manap, physical Manaps. I'm using, imagine they're using a currency, uh, physical Manaps into Libra, which means they've got to take them to a, to a bank, um, put them in, in the bank and say, I want this put into a Libra account and get a receipt back that effectively means they are now recorded having that many Libras. So they've still got to mm. fundamentally go through a bank to be able to take advantage well, of yeah, that. Do they? Or do they say, well, look, I haven't got a bank account right now. I'm sort of like living in a cash economy, but I'm going to start selling stuff. I, I'm, um, I, might, uh, I might start selling Turkmenistani jumpers and I'm going to sell them internationally. And take Libras and payment. Facebook market and take and take Libras as the payment. So I've completely sidestepped the local currency yeah. in doing that. I may, may never use the local currency if I can uh, use the uh, use the Libra for for everything I need. Yeah, yeah. So it becomes it becomes a second currency uh, operating inside national boundaries where there isn't well, an extensive banking system. It becomes a, it could a first system. currency, and that's my point. What happens yeah, then? Yeah, yeah. What control does the central bank have? They could say, "Oh, look, you know, we need to." Issue uh, issue more currency, but they can't because everyone's using the Libra. They have no control over their economy. Well, I believe one point eight percent of the population are using bank accounts. So it's, uh, you know, everybody else is They're working done. in a cash economy. So yeah. um, if you have uh, people buying and selling Libras and using. Uh, at the moment, if you're in a cash economy with that currency, which is not a, not accepted anywhere else on the planet, then you certainly can't engage. But if you suddenly, as you say, if you can market stuff and say, I'll, I'll take this in Libras, and then people use the Libras for local payment, uh, then you drastically change the economy of those countries. That's true. And the control over those economies. Mm. You know, it's uh, – and, and all, all of a sudden, the Turkmenistani government has very little control. Well, that may not be much of a change, but uh, no. no. Well, yeah, <laughs> doesn't change the banking system too much, does it? Really? No, but it, it, it is intriguing. I mean, I hadn't hadn't thought about that particular end of it. As you, as you say, it will have an impact in those countries. I mean, for another example, is Africa, where a lot of uh, people, mm. I think the majority, probably don't have bank accounts, and the telecommunications companies have jumped in there already and uh, set up phone networks, which even use uh, audible uh, uh, encryption. So, if you want to make a transaction, you they'll often be put money into somebody's bank account not bank account into their telecommunications transactions account and then each time they make a transaction they charge a fee on that on that account and often the transactions are done by putting two uh, phones together you know 180 degree rotation of one of them mic- microphone to loudspeaker vice versa sending an encrypted code that actually does the transfer quite clever uh, in that sense you don't need a smartphone to do it um, this 
Probably. I imagine if they're going to actually target Africa at all, they're going to have to have a similar idea for, the, for Libra too. Uh, mm. But it means that you, what you get is a, in each of those countries, a, a internationally accepted international currency will be used as a part of the domestic scene. Now, that's a bit like the American dollar being used in these, in these countries, I suppose. But it's electronic, which the American dollar, generally speaking, is not. When you've got internationally, it's for physical notes. There are more American notes in the rest of the world than there are in America. Um, yeah, it's it's got a lot of interesting potential at that end. I've, I've been thinking well, about it's, it's interesting yeah. about what it means for the US dollar as well. You know, which is used as the world's reserve. If this uh, picks up momentum, does this become the world's reserve? Well, this, this is what I'm. This is my main thought. Angle, you know, I've always been a fan of, of Keynes's Bancor proposal. Yeah, on the is idea that, is that what this is? This is effectively yeah. a private private Bancor, which is quite mm. remarkable. I mean, the last place I expected to see it come from, I was I was focusing more on what I thought Russia and China. I, I know what, what they're doing. It's something they have been considering whether they set up an international parallel currency using a basket of commodities, giving you a currency which you get an international trade that's, that's not uh, tied exclusively to the US. Stella, Facebook has gone and done it, which mm. is remarkable because uh, you, you know, there are a whole lot of other stuff to the bank or apart from just an international currency. There are rules about uh, trying to limit the level of trade uh, surpluses, which Keynes saw as a damaging thing for the global economy. Uh, but that's not, of course, part of this proposal. But it does end up having you a very stable international currency for international transactions. So you can sell stuff from you know Turkmenistan to Afghanistan um, without. Uh, without having a large transaction cost involved well, using, a, yeah. Yeah, yeah, using a stable international currency. And then if you're backed by those other platforms like, uh, you know, Facebook's Marketplace and, you know, perhaps eBay will get involved in all of this as well. If I'm uh, knitting jumpers in Turkmenistan and I can do it for one Libra and somebody in the uh, in, in the south of England can only do it for 100 Libra, um, then people are going to buy it from Turkmenistan, which uh, would be a good thing. Yeah, it's... it's um it's, it could be quite disruptive, and I'm quite, uh, you know, again, as I said, I'm impressed by the uh, by the level of thought behind it. And it, uh, I mean, there's a lot of people putting it down and saying it's just another pan- transactions payment system, but it's a transactions payment system that's exploiting a very large hole in the banking sector, both mm. in terms of the cost of doing this and the time it takes. I'm used to taking three days to make a transfer quite regularly through the international banking system. Um, and then the people often say, look, crypto is much faster. Bitcoin's got the, the yes, yes, faster, but how many transactions per second? Uh, it's ridiculous. Whereas a thousand transactions a second, it's still not of the scale the entire planet needs by a long shot. Um, I haven't ever tried but to work it out. Change. But then it, it's 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 starting at a scale where you can say this is seriously usable for transactions, whereas Bitcoin is not. No. So it's, it's disrupting well, Bitcoin, a lot of things. Bitcoin was always, wasn't it, a, a tool for speculation rather than a, a currency that was that was usable. Oh, which is, again, yeah. Well, by I the way, eBay is part of the association. Oh, is it? Yeah, oh, right, cool. Yeah, okay, yeah. well, there we are. Mm. They've got it all worked out, haven't they? This new world order. Mm. Uh, but um, I mean, it's. I mean, Bitcoin is so volatile as well. Of course, I mean, no one was ever going to use it as a day-to-day currency. So this idea that they've this is going to be backed by a reserve of assets, which are going to be mainly, I think, government bonds from stable currencies. Mm. So lots of U.S. Treasuries, presumably. Uh, and it's going to be then a floated ex- floating exchange rate. It's going to be tr- traded like any other currency. Mm. Um, they're saying they're going to choose reserve assets, which are going to minimise that volatility, and they're also going to use, ge- you know, a good geographic spread as well. Mm. So, I mean, I'm still trying to figure out whether this is good or bad for the small countries. Whether it's going to be, I guess, so long as they still have their own currency, 
they've still got that ability to uh, and and it, it's a floating exchange rate i guess that they've still got that ability for people from small countries to be able to say well yes we can sell stuff cheaper and all we're doing is opening the world to them yeah and then the other side is you could even buy stuff with this internationally as well and do you get a trade deficit out of it and how on earth do you measure it it, it does throw some interesting curlies there um like mm. if you um, and again, like I mentioned, people in China, I don't know how effective this is going to be in China right now, but there are currency restrictions on how much money you can take out of the country. It's 50,000, something trivial, I think, or 50,000 yuan, but not, not a large amount per year. Whereas this, uh, you know, what's going to happen mm-hmm. here? Will there be restrictions on how many Libra you can take out of China? Um, you know, and, and then uh, it, it, it's... There's a lot of curlies behind it still. Well, question is, would China know? I mean, there's the. I mean, there's the thing. I mean, with, uh, yeah, with the whole, the whole idea with the, with the cryptocurrency, you can't tell how much is being transferred. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which which is going to make a lot of companies, a lot of countries, very uncomfortable. Which makes you wonder whether he will get off the ground for that reason. You know, I mean, there's no regulation in any of this. No, no, they'll have to be at some point. And this is what's being uh, pointed out to Zuckerberg as well. He hasn't done well with regulators so far. Not that they've actually stopped him doing anything, but he's not particularly popular. So it really comes down to I think they've got to take a backseat role and leave it to whoever they put in charge of the Libra Foundation, who should not be a Facebook Facebook employee, uh, to start doing these negotiations. Well, they're saying the circulation of this is going to be based on demand. So explain how this, I'll, I'll, I'll read out what they're saying in the white paper. Yeah. For new Libra coins to be created, there must be the equivalent purchase of Libra for fiat and transfer of that fiat to the to the reserves. So on both the investor and the user side, there's there's only one way to create more Libra, which is by purchasing more Libra for, for fiat and growing the reserves. So um, so I guess they're saying, look, if you if you... If, if we're going to have more Libra, then we need more American dollars, for example. Yeah, they can't create more Libra uh, without draining, not draining reserves, but they, they, if you think about it in terms of a country like America, which, of course, you know, has its own currency, um, yeah. if anybody, use, and they've got bank accounts as well, so if they, anybody in America buys Libra, they'll be transferring American dollars from their account to the Libra account, and the Libra will then use that to either hang on to American dollars or they'll buy American bonds or maybe... Uh, you know, they might buy some British bonds as well. There'll be some diluting that way, but generally speaking, it'll be it won't make much of a difference to the reserve base of the countries. And if people want to buy more, then there's got to be more money creation by the American system. Now, of course, that comes back to money being created by the private banks. Mm. Uh, rather, so uh, yeah. let's go, go through this step by step. So I'm an American. I buy. I've got a bunch of American dollars. I buy transfer that into into Libras. The Libra Foundation says, "Oh, cool, thanks for that. We'll use those those American dollars to buy American bonds, so we've got that in in reserve." Haven't I therefore taken money out of the U.S. circulation? Uh, you've taken. It depends on what the whether Libra, how much of the American dollar you buy, they then use themselves buy American assets because they mm. buy American bonds. You know, they've got to buy them off. Then of, they can get sold. It, yeah, yeah, so, they get sold well, just, yeah. the money gets transferred to somebody else's bank account in America. But if they buy yeah. British pounds. Then of course they're going to go overseas, and because you're talking about a a basket of commodities, then for every dollar purchased of Libra, there'll be less than a dollar of American assets purchased, mm. and that and that again that applies to any any of those currencies. So it will actually 
uh, it will involve a, a, a it's a powerful position yeah, isn't it yeah. I mean you, I mean, if it was used for, for evil rather than for good not that Facebook or any of these other organisations would be involved in that sort of thing <laughs> but they, they could, they could you, bring Dr. countries no. down if, if they wanted to well they've, they could they could say well okay let's let's give you a massive capital outflow right now no they, they, then that would undermine the whole logic they would, that, that would be the last thing they do they'll be shut down in an instant if they do that so I, I wouldn't worry about that one that much but I think it it is going to um, because there's such an area to exploit in terms of the cost of bank charges and doing all this uh, I was expecting telecommunications companies to be the main ones making inroads here as is having in Africa but for mm. Facebook to make them with, with the whole collection it's brought together you look at the companies well they've got Vodafone and so you know one of the biggest PayPal um, yeah. Stripe Visa um, um, let's see Spotify Uber Vodafone I haven't ever bought some trails before are these blockchain companies? Uh, a venture it's a formidable capital. group of companies, isn't it? Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. and they're going, going for a hundred by the time they get there. And you've got to put putting in, I think, ten million if you're a non uh, uh, a blockchain, and a hundred million if you are. So it's going to be substantially capitalised. But I mean, they say the aim is to build a permissionless network. So. Any consumer can use it. Any developer can develop on it. Any business can use the, the Libra network. So you can build products on top of it, you know, anything that can add value to the services. In other words, open access with low barriers to entry. They think that's going to create innovation. It's going to create healthy competition that's going to benefit customers. Uh and they say this is foundational to the goal of building more inclusive financial options for the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish I had a bit of echo when I did that, for the world. <laughs> um, but, um, but, I mean, it also lends itself, doesn't it, to money laundering, worldwide scams. Am I alone in thinking there might be a bit of, uh, or perhaps maybe a lot of naivety in, around all of this? Because, I mean, it, it, it could, I mean, we, we have controls uh, in our own local financial systems and a lot of them are to stop things like money laundering and scams some of those scams coming from the banking sector itself yeah i mean this is the anti-money launderer aml as it's abbreviated is is big big bickies inside most of these transactions companies because they're effectively liable uh not necessarily directly but there's the liability involved if their services are used for money laundering and of course the australian banks are absolutely impeachable on that front sorry unimpeachable on that front how did how did the word impeachable come Don't out worry, I'll leave it. I'll yeah leave it. oh dear or maybe yeah. if, if i get right. slip of the tongue yeah. slip of the tongue uh, <laughs> but uh they they you know they're like the Commonwealth Bank letting how many hundred thousand pass, how many hundred million pass through its money laundering uh, net. But yeah, they're going to have to seriously make measures about this because uh, you know if, if if there's any chance that it can be proven that Libra is used for money laundering, then that's going to result in regulatory tightening on them. So they've got to be covered for that as well, uh, mm. which is difficult when it's going to be semi-anonymous. Yeah. And around the world. Mm. So how many regulations? I mean, do they have to then apply the regulations for each country they're operating in, which could be every country in, in, in the world? Yeah. And, uh, so lots and of, how many of those conflict with each other? Yeah, so many plenty of complexities in getting this working. But but it, it, it's in the right direction. That's what amazes me. I mean, I've, I've been wanting for ages to see a Bancor-like thing evolve. I was hoping it would be the Russians and Chinese doing it because of America's bombastic behaviour, particularly bombastic behaviour at the moment. Uh, mm. But it's it, instead of coming from Facebook, uh, and, and these technology companies and transactions companies. It's amazing how much has been happening. Imagine the number of international uh, flights that have been taken with people carrying spreadsheets with this stuff sitting next to us in planes because there's a huge amount of coordination going on to come up with this proposal. But this does give uh, 
an opportunity for for a lot of control, doesn't it? You know, if uh, I mean, if if this conglomerate wanted to do something to bring down a currency or 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 hurt a country by, for example, uh, ensuring one way or another that there was a an outflow of capital, um, then this could be used for for bad rather than for good, couldn't it? Yeah, but I don't think it's, it's again that would destroy the credibility of the organisation if it was you know, found out. That's that's grand scale fraud. So you're saying grand scale fraud is possible, but that's the specialty of the banking sector. Talking about the finance sector. <laughs> but, well, doesn't this become just another one of the banking sector, I guess, isn't it? Well, Does it, their behaviour become the same as the rest of the finance to, to sector? To me, it's, it's actually going to be a fairly major challenge to organisations like SWIFT because they have, they're all set up to handle transactions in American dollars between banks. And this is going to be transaction and Libra between non-banks. So um, there, there's clearly going to be uh, ways in which existing power structures are going to want to challenge this. But at the same time, they've got things like MasterCard already in there and Visa. So, uh, you know, I, I think they've already covered that particular base. So uh, it would be ludicrous to try to bring down a government that way. I mean, that's one thing you could never accuse uh, Swift of, for example, though they did cut Iran out of the payment system at America's behest. Um, so... Yeah, and that's always going to be the problem, isn't it? There's going to be uh, geopolitical concerns which could, could influence the way behaviour operates but i guess there's no way there's no way around that and except for the fact if it is totally anonymous then who then it's beyond control in theory that's the idea behind this model isn't it yeah that you can't actually you're not passing through the banking sector so the data as to what transfers are occurring isn't being collected by the authorities trying to control it and that again has been the appeal of, of bitcoin that uh, you know if you want to transfer your money uh, you don't need to be uh, controlled by third parties it's all um, it's all going through a you know a trustless network and I think again, they've they've they've, they've uh, managed to cover the the problems I see with the trustless network thing in terms of the sheer amount of energy wasted by doing it uh, by saying there'll be a number of number of nodes that are involved, but not not the sort of you know effectively not infinite number, but a huge number that can be in Bitcoin, which of course is part of where they chew up the energy. So. Um, it, 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 yeah, it's it, it's got me. It, it certainly is not something I was expecting, and the way it's been designed is more intelligent than I thought. I yeah, I'm impressed. Yeah. yeah. Should you be able to trade in this currency, though? I mean, that that was part of the idea of Bancor was, wasn't it? That it shouldn't be uh, used for speculation, and in fact, it would. But the opposite of this being anonymous, Bancor was going to keep track of those international flows because, as you said, you know the the whole idea behind it was to try and make sure trade was balanced, mm. and uh, uh, so. Um, no such uh, attempt here to to do that. Quite the opposite. Yeah, which means people could speculate on it, couldn't they? I mean, well, they, the thing it, is, it's the, going to be available exchanges, so people are going to trade. The on trouble it. is, it would, you, you wouldn't use it for spe- you wouldn't speculate the value of Libra. You'd use Libra to speculate about the value of other currencies, because yeah. what you what you what you'd be looking at is uh, expecting volatility in a particular currency and wanting to hedge with a more stable system. Well, this is the ultimate hedge, because at the moment, if you're going to if you want to speculate mm. in American dollars versus uh, Japanese, or maybe say Australian versus Japanese, because of the volatility of the Australian. Uh, then you'd, you'd hedge in a more stable currency like the American in case things don't work out the way you want. This is a much more stable currency for that. So in that sense, it's likely to be a platform as it gets to substantial size, which people use as the reference currency when they're doing international speculation. Right. Well, the Japanese might like that because, of course, everything goes to the yen. Everyone buys the yen when there's uh, volatility. And, of course, the Japanese don't want the yen to go up in value because they're trying to export stuff. Mm. So uh, they, they could like this. Should it Issue loans. We started talking about loans, and obviously, it, it says that we'll know. You know, we're not going to have, uh, we're not going to create any additional currency. But if it's got res- reserves behind it, 
presumably there's no reason why it shouldn't. And that could, I mean, perhaps that could be a good thing if they change the hey, mate, come on, you got to get, 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 get with the get with the get with the program here. You don't loan. But reserves. I'm just thinking. I'm just <laughs> thinking that if you're issuing loans to developing countries, that would be a a good thing, wouldn't it? Well, that- the, the, the question of how the loan's financed, and at the moment, if you want to lend to somebody else Libra, your Libra account has to go down. So there's, uh, you know, like the, this is the whole idea about it being a, 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 fully, ba- fully, a fully back trans- a fully back system, not one that enables uh, deposit. If they created deposit accounts in Libra and you could apply for a loan to get Libra uh, allocated as, a, as an asset in your account, uh, but also an equal liability to the Libra Foundation, then you would have loan, you have money creation that way. But I don't think that's that's been considered and that would be um, I think a lot of bank the banking regulators around the world would have a good reason to shut it down if they tried doing that without getting a banking yeah. license yeah let's say that's our game we do that is there another way they could achieve this though if they if the if the main aim is not creating a currency that you and I are going to be used using but it's going to be used in Africa is there a, a a way that they could do this any other way, or if, or are they spot on with this? Do you think? I uh, don't know. I mean, again, it, 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 you, you're bound to get people um, offering. Um, you know, I can see this springing up for sure. If Libra start being used in a national currency, then there'll be a banking system or a loan shark system that develops around that. And, uh, you know, the, the essential thing in being able to create money is having the right to issue loans that, that, that which are on your asset side of the book that increase your liability side, uh, which are the deposits. And so you have to have the deposit capability. And I don't think that's feasible with this system. And the idea that if, it, if this system is enabling commerce in some of these countries on an international scale, uh, I, I mean, that's a, that's a good thing. But are there, are there downsides too? I mean, uh, if I'm if I'm creating jumpers and I'm selling uh, selling them at uh, at a Libra price, and my next door neighbour um, isn't quite so fortunate, am I adding to the uh, to the to the wealth divide in my country? Well, or, or do you just say, well, no, it's good because we're getting money into the country that wasn't there before? I think it's more likely increasing economic activity if it happens that way. Uh, I mean, uh, it's more a case of what does it do to the domestic currency if you get an inflow of Libras into an, into an economy and then people try to convert from Libras to the domestic currency for purchases they can't make in Libras. Or do you completely bypass the domestic currency system? And that's more likely in places like, what was it again, Turkestan? Yeah. yeah, Turkmenistan. Turkmenistan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. One point eight percent using uh, using uh, yeah using uh, having bank accounts. Absolutely. Mm. So, yeah. All right. Well. Okay. Well, we'll leave it there. It sounds like an interesting development. The big question is, of course, will it work? Mm. What do you reckon? Are, are they onto something, or is it going to? And it falls down. Where is it going to fall down? I suspect it's going to be uh, getting countries to sign up to it and uh, satisfying the regulators. Well, regulators are going to be the first hard ask, but I think they'll uh, uh, because there's so many blockchains that have started already anyway i mean you can create them without needing the okay of the of the national uh, uh currency yeah. authorities so they can do that that's because they're not in those countries though there's no the moment you've got a an office location in a particular country then the regulator can go after you so sort of over the top currencies um you know they're, they're just an entity unto themselves aren't they but if you've got a facebook office and this is linked to facebook in some way then the regulators can go after you a bit bit more easily i suspect well that's why that's why again in terms that's an advantage to to uh facebook itself and having libra as the front for this because it's not actually facebook it's an association based in switzerland which is the, the usual choice for um for basing an international currency system um so yeah i, I think they've covered that particular one 
But, uh, you know, to me, it's an interesting, it disrupts several things at once. It's disrupting the cryptos because it actually is designed to handle transactions, whereas most of them aren't. And therefore, you get a clash between money as a store of value and money as a means of transactions, which means Bitcoin just aren't used for transactions. This will be used for transactions. You can't accumulate in it because it's not going to increase in price. It's a stable coin, as they call it, and very stable because there'll be a huge reserve backing for it versus the trivial and questionable backings of some of the uh, existing private crypto coins, uh, uh, blockchain systems. And uh, it's getting around the banks because banks charge an arm and a leg for international transfers and take forever to do it. And here is uh, Mm. charging a minimal amount for transactions, I expect, and uh, relatively instantaneous when you're handling a thousand transactions a second, which, you know, is far beyond the capability of the Bitcoin network. So it does disrupt a lot of things. And also at the same time it's got visa and mastercard inside already so they you know they've got their own interests in getting getting payments out of, outside of the banking sector so it, it's yeah it, interestingly disruptive technology and how's uh, donald trump going to take to all of this once he's uh, read the white paper which might be a bit difficult because it's more than one page long and it has but words once he's, uh, uh, he's got words in it exactly uh, some of them are two syllables or more mm. but assuming he gets a, someone reads it for him and explains it to him because it, it's interesting, isn't it, how the U.S. were the ones who, you know, years ago objected to the to the bank or yeah. idea. And yet I would have thought uh, this idea of balancing trade the way they are now, they would have been a major beneficiary for it. And uh, is, is being the reserve currency necessarily a good thing this is going to take that away from them well they also might if you, if you can use libras for national trade and you don't use the us dollar then the excess valuation of the us dollar could disappear and you could see the us dollar falling that would be an intriguing side effect of this yeah but that's good for america yeah I mean, bad, but, bad bad for donald trump's ego but good good for his loins well, no, he wants that. He wants the dollar lower, obviously, doesn't he? Because he wants to he, 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 yeah. he wants an expensive, cheap dollar. Okay, <laughs> he wants it all. He wants it but all. But yeah, I mean, it certainly could be a consequence of all yeah, of this, couldn't yeah, it? Yeah. Oh well, let's see how it all develops. Twenty twenty is when they say it's uh, the, the world is going to change. I wonder how quickly it will change, and I wonder whether more to the point. I mean, you get back to the first point of all of this, which is that one billion people who've got mobile phones who don't have access to mm. uh, any any form of bank account. I mean, the, this could be the making of Africa. I suspect. Well, I mean, in that sense, the telecommunications were doing it themselves slowly, but this is actually more rapidly because you know, WhatsApp and WeChat and all those sorts of applications are going to have a button for sending money, which means it's just, a, you know, once you've, once you've got uh, an existing account of Libras, uh, then you can just use those social network uh, systems to send money as you send photographs right now, as they say, they want to make it as easy as sending photographs. Uh, mm. And that, that could be, uh, you know, cause a major advance in, in transactions because we've seen in the past, this is where Christine DeSand's research is really interesting, we've seen creating a monetary system actually enabling a market economy to come about. Uh, if you don't have the money system, then you don't get the market either. So this, this could, that could, in that sense, you know, catalyse a fair bit of change in countries like Africa and uh, Turkmenistan. Mm. And Europe. Uh, could it coincide with the uh, collapse of the euro? Well, let's hope <laughs> <This> so. <laughs> <laughs> Just thought I'd throw that in there to make you make your day. Uh, good to talk, Steve. We'll catch you again very soon. Okay, mate. Bye. Uh, next time, is land tax the best tax? Steve doesn't totally agree with me on this, but I argue that, you know, maybe it's a lot better than income tax. And we find a compromise, which is probably better all around. So if you would like the idea of total tax reform, uh, pulling it apart and rebuilding it all, uh, we'll do that in an idealistic sort of way next time on the Debunking Economics podcast. I'm Phil Dobby with Steve Keen. I'll see you then. Thanks for listening. 
Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. If you've enjoyed listening to Debunking Economics, uh, even if you haven't, you might also enjoy The Y Curve. Each week, Roger Hearing and I talk to a guest about a topic that is very much in the news that week. It's lively, it's fun, it's informative. What more could you want? So search The Y Curve in your favourite podcast app or go to ycurve.com to listen.